I'm Sarah Archer and you're listening to episode 65 of the Speaking Club podcast. Here's a quote that underpins this episode from the American historian John Henrik Clark. A good teacher, like a good entertainer, first must hold his audience's attention. Then he can teach his lesson. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hi there and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me and for giving me your attention, which, as you've probably heard me say before, I think is one of the hardest things to get and one of the most precious commodities of today. Now, as a speaker, some people might say you've got an advantage because in a sense, you have a captive audience. But I don't think that's true today. With mobile phones and social media, with some of your audience potentially having been forced to attend your talk and with our increasing or other decreasing spans of attention, it's still a massive challenge. That's why how you open your talk is absolutely crucial because that will be what your audiences use to judge whether they will get more value out of listening to you than catching up on emails or sharing photos of the conference catering on Facebook. How you finish your talk is equally important because as you're probably aware, people are more likely to remember the start and end more easily. So, The end of your talk is your last big opportunity to influence the message they leave with. And the reason this is all front of my mind is that I had a session just last week, actually, with a speaking client, and I'd asked him to do a five-minute presentation on a subject that I chose for him. He opened his presentation with who he was going to talk about and the dates that that person was around. And But then about a minute in, he said something which surprised me and took the talk in a completely different direction to what I'd been expecting. And the immediate feedback that I gave him once he'd finished was that if he'd opened with that statement that he'd made about a minute in, it would have made the start of the talk far more compelling and attention-grabbing than it was before. So this also highlights a point that you you will have heard me say, I'm sure, which is information is cheap today. People can Google dates that people born, born and died, but what you need to be delivering is insight and opinion. That quote I did at the beginning of the uh, episode, John Henrik Clark's quote, references you know, makes reference to the fact that speakers and entertainers have a similar requirement. And in my opinion, good speakers are both. You would have heard me say that loads, I'm sure. Now, as a comedian, one of the first things I learned was that you do need to open and close your set with your best jokes. If you've got new material, that always goes in the middle. And this is because, as I mentioned just just now you have to grab the audience's attention at the outset. 
They'll always be at their most receptive and most judgmental when you step on stage. And they're going to decide within the first few sentences whether they'll bother listening to you. And as I've pointed out, you know, the same is true for your audience as a public speaker. So how should you open and close your presentation? Well, I've hinted at it with what I said about my client. But the truth be told, in the first 30 to 60 seconds of your talk, you need to do, show or say something that will shock the audience, that will intrigue them, that will get them to focus on listening to what you have to tell them. And that's why I call these open and close segments lightning bolts. The questions also that your lightning bolt generates should be answered by the rest of your talk. Now, great speakers will often combine their hard-hitting lightning bolt opening with humour. And this is because it needs to be electrifying enough to spark the audience's attention, but keep them on your side and open to the rest of your message. You know, lots of people use, you know, quite provocative things at the start, but you do need to keep them on side as well. Now, I wanted to share with you a couple of uh, different openings I've used in recent talks. Um, Here's some about the power of storytelling in business. So uh, example one, this is how I, I started one talk. Some of you may know that for much of the past 20 years, I've had people laughing at me and I've created stories that have made grown men cry. But that's enough about my career in HR. Hi, I'm Sarah Archer and I'm so excited to share how I discovered the power of stories in business. Tell me the facts and I'll learn. Tell me the truth and I'll believe. Tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever. Okay, so that was to an audience that will uh, that read a bit, probably already knew a bit about my background, but hadn't actually met me before. So it was important to me that I broke the ice and made them laugh first of all, especially because they probably heard that I had done some comedy. But after telling them about what I was going to talk about, if you notice, I changed the pace, pace used a bit of silence, and try, and got their attention back in a different way. Okay, so that's one example. Here's uh, another example, and it's it's the same subject. It's about the power of storytelling in business, but I used a different start. Uh, here we go. It's the middle of the night. I'm 11 years old. Everyone else on the coach is fast asleep. I stare at him, passed out, the boy opposite with his 13-year-old legs dangling over the centre aisle, and I look at the mess I've made. I should tell someone what's happened, but I chicken out. I clean up as best I can with spit and tissues and satisfied I've gotten rid of the evidence, I go back to sleep. In the morning, I keep as quiet as possible as the boy opposite wakes up to find his white socks covered in blood from the nosebleed I'd had at three in the morning on the coach. I haven't got a clue why I didn't say anything I mean god knows it's probably the only time in my life that I've not overshared about a medical problem but one thing I do know is that the mystery of how that boy's socks got covered in blood will have haunted him until this day and that's because as human beings we're desperate to know the story behind what's happened 
Okay, so this audience that I, I did that opening to had met me before. So I, I wanted to switch things up and made them sit up uh, with a, a quite a dramatic start and then segued into a bit of humour before we were off with the main topic of the talk that they hopefully would have some uh, connection with and would, would understand. Now, in uh, 2016, I did a talk on the difference between men and women for a big conference for women in business in Sweden. And here's the opening that I used back then. I'm here today to show you how to dramatically increase your effectiveness as a woman in business. But first, I've got to be honest, I think achieving parity with men in my lifetime is an impossible dream. In fact, I believe there's less chance of us achieving gender equality than Donald Trump's hair having its own TV show. Now, I've got to say, this was before Donald Trump became president and things were a lot more lighthearted at that point. And I followed up that opening with a slide uh, that uh, which, which sort of showed his hair and then other people's representations with hair. It was, it was funny. Anyway, um, I had three objections with uh, three objectives with this opening. First, I wanted to show them how listening to my talk was going to benefit them personally. Um, so they dramatically increased their effectiveness. And then second, I wanted to grab their attention with a, a provocative statement and create intrigue. And lastly, I'd also been briefed to um, make people laugh and, and be humorous. So I used this as another opportunity to, to, to get them to smile and get them to laugh. Okay, so there's three examples I've used. Hopefully they'll give you some uh, food for thought. And uh, you might find uh, you might find them useful in thinking about your own starts for some of your talks. Now, the close is as crucial as the opening. As I've mentioned, it's likely that the last sentences are the ones that will most likely stick in your audience's mind. And the closing lightning bolt should echo rather than replicate the start of your talk. And here's the close to the talk on gender difference in business that I did in Sweden. To sum up, I believe we are a long way from gender equality. Undoing nearly 2,000 years of male dominance is not going to be completed overnight. And the simple facts are that men and women are different. By accepting that it's not a level playing field and adapting our style when necessary, women can dramatically increase our chances of success in the male kingdom. Thank you. I'm off to practice my magic tricks for a gig next week. Now, that parting shot was a callback to a story that I told them about a comedy promoter who'd booked me for a gig and then asked me to switch to the next month because he couldn't have two women on the bill. When I asked him why, he said it was because we were a novelty act like comedy magicians. So uh, by saying that, it was a callback to that story. Um, so there was a bit of a joke, but it was following on from that serious message that I wanted to leave them with, that they need to adapt uh, rather than, than sort of complain in some ways. Not saying that we shouldn't have gender equality, but you know, you've got to recognise where things are and play the game that you, you've got your in, basically. Anyway... So, uh, and here is a close to the storytelling in business presentation. When we're starting out in business, strategic storytelling isn't something that's included in the usual startup training. But if you want to get people's attention, engage and convert them into fans of your brand or business or champions of change in a corporate environment, 
then you need to use stories because they are the most powerful marketing and communication tool you will ever have. Okay, now in that talk, I'll have shown them lots of evidence-based stories of the connection between storytelling and success. And so this sort of parting message is just to reinforce that before they leave. Okay, well, that's my stuff. Now I'm going to share some other stuff with you uh, that may help you and give you some ideas. Now, I know some of my previous guests and some speakers poo-poo them, but I am a big fan of TED Talks, and that's because they're a great source of speaking examples. And I know there's good ones and bad ones, um, but if you want to see some great lightning bolt opening and closings in action, then you have a rich source of material here. And I'm going to put the links to all of the talks that I reference uh, in this episode in the show notes for you to go and and have a look at. Okay, so um, Larry Smith, he did a TED talk called Why You're Going to Fail to Have a Great Career. Brilliant title. Larry Smith is a professor of economics in Canada, and he's got very strong views on people who sort of continue doing jobs that they don't like because they're too scared to do what they're passionate about. And when he did this talk in 2011, Larry opened it with this statement. I want to discuss with you this afternoon why you're going to fail to have a great career. Boom. In a room full of aspirational people, that comment landed like a bombshell and managed to get some some laughs, albeit um, slightly nervous sounding ones from, from, from when I listened to it. Um, and you can bet your life, though, that they sat up to listen after that. And during his, his talk, Larry went on to tell everyone about that the only way they would have a great career uh, was was to have this passion. And to close, he gave a brief summary of his key points and then finished with these words. So those are the many reasons you are going to fail to have a great career. Unless. Unless. And in this close, he still remains provocative, but he finishes it with a bit of hope, uh, you know, and a call to action. And it's a great combination. And that I think that talk has had well over 5 million views. So the other thing to say here is that if you are speaking for a long time, then you need to break your talk down into smaller segments. And they'll kind of each have their own sort of problem and solution linked to the overarching message of your talk. But if it is a long one, then you'll need to have kind of a lightning bolt opening and close for each kind of big segment, if you like. So just keep that in mind. Okay, let's have a look at another uh, few TED examples of lightning bolts. Uh, the next one I want to talk to you about is Tom Thumb. And the title of his talk was called The Orchestra in My Mouth. Now, Tom gave this talk in 2013 and his opening words were, I've come here today to come clean about what I do for money. Basically, I use my mouth in strange ways in exchange for cash. I love that one. It teases the audience big time and yet perfectly frames his talk, um, which climaxed in Tom faithfully reproducing the sounds and atmosphere of a jazz club 
uh, with just his voice and some loop machines. So he was basically, I don't know what you call him, not a beatbox or something along those lines. I don't know what you call him really. But anyway, that was a great opening, really sort of intriguing and a little bit shocking. So the next one I want to talk to you about is Cameron Russell. Her talk was called Looks Aren't Everything. Believe me, I'm a model. Now, Cameron Russell, when you, if you have a look at this talk, you'll see that she is blessed with ticks in all the boxes that are associated with physical beauty in a woman. And she chose to open her talk by changing her clothes on stage. She walked out in a little black dress and heels and then on stage switched to a modestly long wraparound skirt and a cardigan and flat shoes. And by doing this, she demonstrated that she could transform her image, the atmosphere and the audience's perception of her just by changing what she wore. And this lightning bolt opening, I think, was stunning in terms of showing the superficiality of image and yet the power it has over our thoughts and beliefs and behaviours. And, and I think the other thing that this highlights is that in, in, in comedy or in public speaking, if you can show rather, you know, through physical action, picture, audio, an anecdote or a joke, the point you're making rather than tell, it's going to be significantly more powerful. And so you can use, you know, action, you can use a picture, a photo to open up your talk. You, you know, I've seen people take phone calls before. I've seen people stand on podiums and, and do sort of a street performance start. Um, and anything to shock the audience, surprise them and get them to sit up is perfectly fine. Now, in Cameron's closing comments, she left them with this. If there's a takeaway to this talk, I hope it's that we all feel more comfortable acknowledging the power of image in our perceived successes and our perceived failures. Nice way to end. Okay, now I want to talk to you, and I'm sure you've, you've heard me talk about him before. It's one of my favourite TED Talks. Uh, Mr. Ken Robinson, Do Schools Kill Creativity? Now, if you haven't come across Ken before, then he is a man um, driven by the belief that creative pursuits are as valuable to society as academic and economic ones. Uh, a position and a message which I'm very much in harmony with. Now, his TED Talk has received over like, tens of millions of views. And I think, for, personally, I think it's because he uses humour to enhance his message and engage his audience more so than most TED Talks that I've seen. But he typically, his opening starts as he means to go on. And here we are. Morning, how are you? It's been great, hasn't it? I've been blown away by the whole thing. In fact, I'm leaving. <laughs> this generated lots of laughs and it immediately got the audience on side because it was self-deprecating and it was a nice segue into the main part of his talk. Although Ken it kind of breaks some of the rules that I would advocate to people because he, he kind of meanders to the main point of his talk. Um, you know, but he, the thing he reason he's able to do this and keep is because he keeps them engaged and attentive until he gets there. And it's down to his use of humor, his storytelling and his delivery. And his, his close is a, a brilliant callback to the start of his talk, equally compelling and delivered with authenticity, passion and an intensity that creates a very powerful call to action. 
What TED celebrates is the gift of human imagination. We have to be careful now that we use this gift wisely and that we avert some of the scenarios we've talked about. And the only way we'll do it is by seeing our creative capacities for the richness they are and seeing our children for the hope that they are. And our task is to educate their whole being to face this future. By the way, we may not see this future, but they will. And our job is to help them make something of it. Okay, so I have taken you through um, why you should use lightning bolt openings and closings. And I've shown you some examples from my talks and some from TED Talks. And as I said, I'll put the links to those talks in the show notes. Now, in summary, then you have a really short window to get people to pay attention to you. Please don't squander it on information giving. Um, you need to create a lightning bolt opening that supports your kernel message, you know, the, the heart, the message, the problem and the solution, the heart of your talk and takes account of the audience that you're speaking to. You know how I varied mine depending on whether they knew me or not. Um, and also you need to take, take account of where they're starting from. And it's also got to jolt them out of their comfort zone. Um, before you deliver your end lightning bolt, you very, very briefly summarize the key points of your talk. And your lightning bolts can either be action, image, sound or words. If it's appropriate, big word here, if it's appropriate, use humor in your opening to keep the audience on side and receptive to your message. And your last words need to be as electrifying as those at the beginning and reinforce your kernel message in a way that the audience will remember and share. There you go. Well, that's it from me today. Thank you very much for listening. I hope as ever that you found this episode useful. And if you did, please do me a big favour and leave an honest rating or review. That would be brilliant because it, it lets people know whether the show's any, any good or worth listening to, <laughs> much like the lightning bolt we were talking about. Remember, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any episodes. And thank you again so much for listening. And make sure you have a cracking week. Go grab your life by the nuts and your presentation by the nuts and get creating those lightning bolt opening and closings. Take care. Bye-bye. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book, Straight to the Top. It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.